Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday, April 5th. Thanks for tuning in to another week from the podcast that brings you the most honest viewpoints on the week's hottest sports topics. It's Wednesday, April 5th, episode 93. It's a Chasing Points podcast. That's Brandon. I'm pointing. You can't see it. I'm Sam. There's a typo in this wonderful intro that had me laughing. He's 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 going to try to build a case to prepare himself what is coming next. So just brace yourself. That's it. What case? When I rewrite the intro again? <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. Uh-huh. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> Don't make it awkward now. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning into the Chasing Points podcast. However you're listening, thank you so much. Hey, do us a favor. Follow us on Instagram at Chasing Points Podcast. And if you listen to us on iTunes or Apple Podcast or Spotify, leave us a five-star review and a comment. It goes a long way to helping us out. Brandon, it's Tuesday. A lot of basketball happened. Baseball is in the air. It's got some NFL news, some NBA news. What is up? How are you? How was your weekend? Uh, I am I am great. It is 71, 73 degrees as we speak right now here Gorgeous. Uh, currently. Uh, so I'm loving the the beautiful weather that we now get to uh, endure uh, as the spring is truly upon us. And I'm so glad that the S word is gone uh, and we only got it really twice this year. Snow, Sam. Yeah. You're looking at me yeah. so confused. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. There's a lot of good. Uh, I mean, currently right now, Premier League is on. I got that tonight. I got the Yankees tonight. I that's I'm already going to get it out of the way. If you're going to ask me what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm looking forward to tonight. So. Love it. How hey, about you? I I love the weather. It's it's here. Baseball, basketball, great basketball games over the weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of cool action. We can dive into that. But I'm more just to happy. come this week. More to come this week. Yeah, uh, yeah we're in crunch time in the NBA. Got some new uh, champions in college. I guess we'll just start right there. And uh, uh, well, I guess we'll start with the the men since it just happened here. University of Connecticut won their fifth national title, uh, beating San Diego State University. Last night, again, this is Tuesday when we're recording this, but uh, 76 to 59, led by Tristan Newton, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Adama Sanagu, 17 points, 10 rebounds. Jordan Hawkins with, chipped in with 16 points, and Sanagu was was named the Final Four's most outstanding player, averaged in uh, in six games, 19, almost 20 points per game, 10 boards, Oh, yeah. And I, I didn't even know this. He was observing Ramadan over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, uh, during the from sun up to sundown, you you have to fast, essentially. That is incredible. I know, um, you know, we we've, we see this during the the season of Ramadan, um, but th- just that toll that that takes on your body and, um, you know, to compete at the level he did and other athletes do. That's that's amazing. But, uh, you know, at the end. Wasn't much of a uh, a fight there. UConn, as I mentioned, uh, five time national title. Uh, Brandon, we both had the Huskies taking it all um, as of last weekend, um, and it happened. So, so what are your thoughts on the? I guess we'll start with the championship game. We'll work backwards to to the final four. Thoughts on the weekend? Uh do you want to go back to the final four first? I guess we should probably start there, right? Like, uh, I mean, UConn dominated and yeah. the buzzer beater by San Diego was absolutely, uh, San Diego State was absolutely wild. 
Uh, literally last second shot comes off a little hook curl down on right side of the wing and, and just knocks it down. So crazy because I really wanted FAU to play UConn. I felt like it would have, I, I would have hoped it would have been a better uh, competition and, and San Diego state did his thing, which we'll get into in a second, but uh, it, it's just to see, this is what we are. If this is what we're in for with this transfer portal stuff, I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Seeing these FAU, a team that was not on anybody's radar, had a bunch of transfers doing this. There's a bunch of transfers throughout all of this, uh, making these teams different and better uh, and giving people opportunities. I'm 100% here. Yeah. For it, so love that. Love that. You know, finally, some some freedom to uh, kind of maneuver themselves throughout the the college uh, landscape here. And these athletes are no longer really like penalized for wanting to change schools and having to sit out or redshirt or do any of that. Um, so yeah, I, I love it too. I mean, we, we saw it with, uh, when we get to the women's final two, LSU has a lot of, uh, a lot of new faces there too. And, um, you know, some transfers and I mean, Angel yeah, I Reese, just, the biggest yeah. one, she came from Maryland and then she went to LSU and she's yeah, part of the team. So I, I love it. You know, if these coaches can just like recruit a whole class of high school seniors and then be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm I'm going to a bigger opportunity. Like, why can't these athletes, um, you know, position themselves to to succeed and, and get the most out of their collegiate experience? I'm I'm all for that. Totally. Um, you know, huge shot at the end of the, the San Diego State game. They barely. Um, I, I think that was the only time in the second half that they had, uh, it, they were in the lead, It was, which is wild. Um, and just a hell of a shot. I saw, um, the gentleman go down the court and I'm like, what, why isn't he calling a timeout? And then he kind of got boxed in a little bit. And I'm like, oh no, this isn't how this game's going to end. And he just drops this mid range shot. That was just beautiful. It was one of those things where you just knew it was going in as it left his fingertips. And yeah, it was a hell of a shot. Lamont Butler is a yeah, is a, Lamont Butler a problem, absolute problem. So yeah, that was a phenomenal shot. It just added to the lure of this tournament. It it honestly was one of the best tournaments that I've seen in a while. Just based off of, as I said last week, I'm not going to call it upset. Just based off of real competition and just such tight, close games. Like I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, thoroughly. Yeah, the final four. We spoke about it when the you know the seeding came out and and heading into the tournament that it was I mean this year was certainly you had your one and your two seeds and your dominant uh you know uh, programs throughout the season but it it you know was really tight and you can make a case that a lot of these teams were mislabeled mis uh, misnumbered if you will ranked um, but but in the end that just the dominance of of the Connecticut program over uh you know not even the last six games but headed in into the big east tournament and even before that just complete domination they they outscored opponents by almost 21 points uh entering the finals and as of the sweet 16 they only trailed for 47 seconds and since the sweet 16 that's it's wild um Sam so just deep diving just to let you guys know Sam is this is this is what I could imagine Sam is going to be like when the Jets win but it would be like 10 times 20 times worse uh Sam has dove in on the analytics here 
unlike anything I've ever seen before. I, I like data, man. As bad as I am at math, <laughs> um, I like I like information like, data. Like, I'm, I'm horrible at math. <laughs> Pull up those transcripts, baby. No, but that's it. Hey, man, uh, you said we were going to talk about college basketball, and I, I jumped in. Look at all the stuff for the, the women I put together. Like, like, I, too. like I said, this is the most I've seen analytic-wise. Uh, you'll get a pass. I, I feel like when you were doing this, you were like, I got to do the women's like this because if I just do UConn like this, Brandon's going to have some shit to say. No. That's it. I'm just, you know, it's just a little gut feeling I'm just going with. So usually what I do is I have a separate sheet where I put all the information I don't want you to see so it makes me sound smarter. <laughs> And I do that a lot, but I just put it all on one. It's it's a good. You. I'm sharing the wealth with you, it's, if you it's, will. It's a good try. You know, I don't need all the stats because I have a lot in my head already. Yeah, you're filled with stats. <laughs> you were really good at math. <laughs> I was not really good at math, but you know, I I got enough. I know how to count money. That's that's where it matters. Hey, man, that's that's yeah. count it up, right? We're that's good. it. Um. I've seen a lot of questions today, and I know it was even asked last night. I didn't watch a lot of the the celebration as I was driving. I was at a watch buddy's house. But... No, I watched the whole game. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch like um, you know, Danny Hurley up at the podium or any of that, but yeah, a I lot didn't... of this like is Wait. Connecticut a blue blood school? It's just like, can we stop now? You know, like do, does it matter, you know? 20 uh, 25 years five titles looks pretty good to me well stop let's stop fanboying for you for a second and let's actually talk about the finals game so what did you think about I, that going into this you already gave the point differential that uconn's had against the team how did you feel watching the game because to me it felt like uconn had it as soon as the tip-off and it just yeah. relinquished it even when San Diego State had its run. I just felt like UConn, as they've been throughout this whole tournament, uh, with uh, Sanago, uh, with uh, what's the young man's name? I forgot his name. That's coming back next year. The, the tall center, the true center. Yeah. Uh, yep. They they literally were just too big. They're bigger than everybody. Uh, and then you have the the guards uh, wings as like Hawkins, uh, Tristan Newton, who I knew really nothing about uh, doing his thing. Uh, Jackson Jr just had too much in my opinion yeah i thought if if uconn was or if san diego state rather was going to win this game they'd have to you know keep up with uconn and play that more physical physical style play and kind of keep up with them yeah but i didn't you know just based on everything i saw or read i didn't think like them scoring 70 points was going to be you know something that would come easy to to San Diego State, and I thought it if they could keep it close in the the first half, and but it you know they they had a chance here, but it kind of just went the way of I mean we already led with how many how long they trailed or didn't trail rather, but um you know in the second half it looked like every other second half. I mean there was a moment where they were picking up some steam. I think San Diego State was only down by six. There was a huge layup from Sanago just like right down the right down the lane there I think that kind of was a momentum swing back towards UConn and they you know they never did relinquish the lead once they they took it over at the beginning of the first half but um you know yeah it just kind of it was the blueprint to what the last few games look like like keep it close try not to turn it over San Diego State couldn't make a shot um too much length yeah, I mean, San Diego State is 
essentially it was rolling through teams too. Uh, until they yeah. met I'm, FAU and FAU, like you just said, was beating them through the most. But then you ran into a juggernaut that's UConn, and UConn, outside of that little stretch that San Diego State had, uh, they, they really never had a chance in that game. Nobody really had a chance in them. And going back to statement you made earlier, UConn was definitely not seated properly. Period. Uh, I know what they were coming in, but they were not seated properly at all. But it's it's great to see Big East basketball, though. Uh, yeah, I, man. That's just a great feeling because they were in the A-10 for a little bit, which which was right. It was the A-10 American Conference. Atlantic, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, which was that- absolutely terrible idea, um, I, which, which also shocked me, I have to be honest. I didn't know that they went back to the Big East. I uh, didn't know. I don't know when that happened, so I'll look that up, but. Uh, that that was very, very uh, heartwarming to see somebody from the Big East back. And then next year they have St. John's that they have to go against with, you know, the the little mobster, Rick Pitino. The little yeah. mobster. <laughs> That's it's what he just one. looks like. He looks like a little a little mobster. I and mean, you see him on the sideline, it's just hilarious. But, yeah. I mean, respect to San Diego State, though. I mean, they took down the number one overall seed, right? And with the best player probably this season in college basketball in Alabama. And, uh, you know, they, they took them down and, you know, they, it was, uh, ups and downs, but they, in some, you know, one of the biggest shots in probably tournament history too, it was just a really cool moment. And, uh, yeah, props to them. Certainly, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be in that position. You think if you get in the finals game, you have a, have a chance there, but, um, Certainly something special going on and and just a cool story with Danny Hurley and his his certainly everyone knows his brother and his and his father and it's just a cool cool vibe to you know that well, he took for, one home. Well, let's pretend like everybody doesn't know that his brother is one of the greatest guards in college basketball history and his father is one of the greatest coaches in high school basketball history for those that don't know who they are, but continue. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, UConn came back to the Big East in 2020. Probably didn't realize that because, you know, we were in the midst of a pandemic. So that was probably the last thing on my mind at that point in time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Make- I'll give you a pass there because I didn't know that either. <laughs> so you're giving yourself a pass is what you meant. Got it. <laughs> Speaking of the Big East, though, UConn went 17 to no against teams outside the Big East. Mm-hmm. That's how you win. That's how you win games. Right. But, uh, you know, just a, a, a cool uh cool night it's cool to you know being new yorkers don't really have college basketball unless you know you're really into the city the programs in the city um so wouldn't that mean that new york college basketball what's that you said college basketball college basketball yeah well you can count the knicks too if you want you got syracuse yeah i know i'm i make i know the programs in the area i'm just saying where we are located oh where we're located okay okay you know there's you know as far as big programs to cheer for on a huge stage like this there you know it's it's you know outside of syracuse and connecticut there's you know we don't get that opportunity a lot but you know obviously some great local programs and um in the city too and and as you mentioned the little mobster and St. John's hopefully will make things interesting down there and uh, Rick Patino joining that that program there too. But yeah, just a, a cool night. And, uh, you know, that said, it was definitely a cool afternoon on Sunday because uh, the women's final was on Sunday afternoon. LSU took down Iowa 102 to 85. 
just uh you know i don't ever recall seeing a hundred point uh game like in a margin like this in, in a women's uh you know in a women's game let alone a final here so that was that was cool to see jasmine carson didn't score in any of the prior three games but uh she came off the bench with 22 alexis morris had 21 and uh ladasia williams had 20 but again the star star forward angel reese who will um certainly uh not without controversy which we'll certainly unpack in a second uh put up a double double with 15 points and 10 boards and just showed um just you know uh how special she is and and ignited that program and certainly they have their own um you know heralded coach um uh kim mulkey who was with um with baylor for a number of years had a number of championships and in her second year in uh baton rouge takes home uh the women's title so thought i know you were you were locked into um the the women's bracket the whole time um and uh given given everyone their their flowers their uh thoughts on the uh you know the the finals there and uh i guess the path that both of these teams uh took to get there well shout out to south carolina uh their 42 game win streak was snapped by iowa with uh caitlin clark continuing her uh phenomenal tournament uh but they they need to get their flowers they were defending champs uh, which doesn't mean anything once you get in a tournament but they have a hell of a team uh led by Aaliyah boston uh have some some phenomenal uh all americans on that squad and such a phenomenal coach as well uh so just want to give them their flowers first because that was a a big loss to see that happen it was definitely a shocker as sam and i both had south carolina taking it all uh, I didn't see otherwise. I just looked at Iowa and said, well, they just have Caitlin Clark, and that's why you pay attention to the whole team. It's a team sport, right? So seeing that, seeing LSU continue to do what they've done, led by Angel Reese transfer, who is unapologetically her through and through, um, this team had a certain type of energy. Uh, you you spoke of the coach, uh, Kim Mulkey. She allowed them to be who they were uh, throughout this whole tournament, and it shined through. They they bossed up in every right moment for themselves, uh, did not back down from anybody and said, we don't care who you are, what your seating is. When you see us, you got to see us, and you better bring your best because you're running into a buzzsaw. Uh, so that's how both of these teams advanced. Uh, again, Caitlin Clark shooting basically as soon as she walks over the logo. Uh, people, again, have compared her to Steph Curry. I won't. Uh, she just has crazy range. Uh, and to hear her story as the tournament went on, uh, she, there were no women's leagues uh, in her area. So she went and played in the men's leagues. Uh, this These type of story, that, that story kind of gave me a uh, uh, Jimmer Fredette uh type feel when Jimmer would go and play in in the jails uh that his brother worked at uh just so he can get comp and, and build that toughness uh you, you hear these stories only in college basketball so that's why I absolutely love it um just great for me from that point in time but did before we get into the finals any thoughts on the final four on on the final four the the games on Friday night yeah, I mean, huge. I mean, clearly two big wins and uh, from LSU and, and Iowa, and 
again, as you know, I thought South Carolina had the best all around team and, and ignorantly enough, I didn't know enough about a lot of these programs. Certainly know who Caitlin Clark is and I know who uh, Kim Mulkey is and, and all that, but you know, just the, the, the cohesiveness and the, the team play that um, certainly LSU had is, you know, helps them take down, take down a team like South Carolina. And then you, you just saw it there. I think, you know, they're probably the favorites, heavy favorites going into Sunday. Right. And, um, you know, uh, Caitlin Clark, something special. I, you know, yeah, the, the Steph comparisons will be there. Why can't she just be Caitlin Clark? You know, like that's, that's fine with me. Um, and, uh, Steph, but yeah, just the greatest shooter ever men's women's period. <laughs> like stop comparing people to other people. I get it. I get it. But let Caitlin build her own legacy. Yeah. That she's doing right now. That's it. And, and also and you're not, um, What'd you call yourself a second ago? Uh, you basically you said something bad about yourself for not knowing about the other teams. You pleaded ignorance. Yeah, you're you weren't ignorant because I'd say ninety percent of the people that filled out yeah. a bracket had South Carolina winning. Sure. Uh, so you're so you're not, sir, because they were the best team cohesively. But that's like the nicest thing you you've tournament. ever said to me on this podcast. Take it, frame it, because it's probably gonna be last. Wow. <laughs> love you sam walked into that <laughs> yeah man she uh i mean she closed out a, a hell of a nca tournament uh rec on a record setting note uh she had 30 points but she broke the record during the game men and women as you alluded to for points and three pointers made in a single tournament oh yeah cheryl swoops <laughs> 1993 record for that uh with a total of 175 points in the tournament and uh, you know eclipse that that's that's pantheon right there of of women's basketball certainly in in this country and um just basketball in general and basketball in general um yeah men women she's you know certainly uh, um iconic what she did for women's women's sports college basketball the WNBA um so that's good good company to see there too um the attendance they were playing at American Airlines Arena in Houston, where the um, not in Houston in um, Dallas, in Dallas, in Dallas. Play. Sorry, where the Mavs play. Uh, Nineteen thousand four hundred eighty-two fans, record uh, for women's Final Four, sellout crowd, um, and and with that too, uh, you know, just jump into the ratings. According to Nielsen, the game had a nine point nine, which is you know. Uh, great <laughs> viewership peaked at 12.6 million and it's the most viewed college uh, women's college basketball game on record um, but during the ESPN era at least when they took a closer note of this stuff but almost doubled that that mark which was UConn's win over Oklahoma in 2002 so I mean just it was a moment for not just collegiate basketball women's basketball just women's sports um and this country and it, you know, hopefully they can take that momentum and, um, you know, ride it and, and continue to, to build on the sport. There's a lot of great ambassadors, um, for the women's game. And you see a lot of them playing, uh, playing in the WNBA now. And, um, you know, Leah Boston, as you mentioned too, probably be the first pick and uh, undoubtedly will be the first pick in the WNBA draft. And, um, Caitlin's going to have to wait a little bit, but certainly, can continue to to build on her legacy and 
um in in Iowa there too. So I mean without uh controversy I mentioned before one of uh was it one when, when did the initial you can't see me thing you want to you want to set this thing up Brandon? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So uh in the the last few minutes uh, of the game Angel Reese followed Caitlin Clark uh, and she did the you can't see me celebration, which is John Cena's celebration, by the way, super corny celebration, regardless of who's doing it. But iconic, so is, though. And so is John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. Super corny, too. Anyway, <laughs> um, so she followed her uh, doing it and then pointed to her ring, basically saying that she's going to get a ring. Uh, Caitlin yeah, didn't really connect. acknowledge her. Um, she went about her business. Uh, then the game was over. So this stirred up social media, of course, people saying that uh, Angel Reese was a uh, there was that was bad sportsmanship. Uh, she she needs to to play the game with class uh, that she shouldn't have done this. So on and so forth. OK. This. Reese wasn't the first person to do this. Now, Caitlin Clark didn't do that in the game, but she did it against Louisville earlier Louisville in, the turn, in the tournament. Yeah, you're right. When she was playing South Carolina, I forgot the young lady that was shooting, but she gave her space and shooed her off and said, basically saying, whatever, I don't, I don't believe you're going to make this shot. It's a part of basketball. It is a part, part of, sports. of sports. Yeah. In general. If you are you're gonna call somebody's bluff, call them out. It is a part of the game. It is a part of competitiveness. So Caitlin Clark had every right to do this, and the person had every right to make the shot, and the team had every right to beat Caitlin Clark. This is how you shut people up. People do certain things, certain antics. Excuse me. You have an opportunity with your play to shut them up and come back, and that is exactly what happened with Angel Reese. Now people were saying. Well, Caitlin Clark didn't do this to to LSU, but Angel Reese came out and said the reason that she did it. She said she respects Caitlin Clark, her game. She's a hell of a player, she said, but she she wasn't going to let that disrespect happen to her team. And she said she saw what she did to her SEC uh, sisters in South Carolina, and she wasn't going to allow that to happen. Now, uh, Reese came back today or excuse me clark came today and, and said on espn uh she had no problem with reese's comeback uh, after the game uh was in hand it was fine when clark did it or excuse me who said that that's what you said that sam i'm sorry this is what you wrote but basically clark wrote and said today that she had no problem with it she said it's a part of the game she said you know it's it's makes our game better that this situation happened so before i get into what i truly feel about it which i'm sure you can probably get a little Hint of where I'm going to go with this, maybe not. What did you think on this whole conversation that has been made uh, from this situation occurring? I mean, we talk about this a lot. I have no, you know, certainly could have guessed that this was going to happen the way it happened, at least the media blowback from all of this. Mm -hmm. But here we have Caitlin saying it was fine, Angel saying it was fine. And as you mentioned, happens in sports all the time. It shouldn't be an indictment on on women's basketball that this happened. Why does it have to be like, why does it have to do that? Like, why does it have to be like, 
all of women's basketball is bad because someone had their moment and clapped back. Like I'm totally fine with it. They're totally fine with it. Um, you know, no one cares when the men do this stuff. I mean, receivers catch big uh passes on star defensive backs. They they make a taunting thing, they do something. Defensive backs break up big passes, defensive ends take big sacks, um, or get big sacks, you know, big home runs, walk-offs, doing the gritty and and all this other stuff. Like it's it's part of the game. Um, you know, it was done. It everyone thinks it's respectful that is taking part in it. Uh, that's that's it's a shame that this had to come of it and then there's certainly questions of race and um you know all all this other stuff in the media wants to just make this a bigger story um and you know i'm not as privy to that you know this story i haven't paid too much attention to it obviously i saw both i saw it happen um but yeah i i just i don't i understand why it's a story why it's a thing but i think it's bs uh I appreciate that. And I've been following it very, very close. Yeah. Watched it when it happened. Uh, watched the immediate uh, backlash on social media as it happened because I was super curious to see what the narrative was that was going to be painted. And immediately it was that Angel Reese, as you alluded to before, uh, there is very heavy racial overtones in the situation. Painted by painted by everyone else outside of yep. Caitlin, outside yep. of Reese, but right. Reese spoke up on that. I mean, outside of the players, the the player, the people that actually really matter in their opinion matters. And is it's people that we're speaking that are basically they have the ability to speak. It's freedom of speech, uh, depending on where you are. Um, but a lot of people had opinions about it, which tells me and and gives me my gut feeling. I have no accurate. Uh, uh, numbers or data on is but i always feel like in these situations there's a lot of people speaking up on a situation that they've never been involved in they've never played sports to that high level or intense of a level that this is something foreign to them and that's okay when something's foreign to you sit back and try to understand it instead of uh projecting your thoughts on it of how you would have handled in a situation because there's plenty of people have had plenty of conversations about this and I respect the athlete's perspective on this. If you've been in the heat of moment when somebody is talking trash for me, per se, Sam, if if somebody is talking trash to me on a court field, whatever the case may be, I'm not the person that starts it. But I'm damn sure the person to finish it. That's how it's always been for me. It's been still for me. I don't talk. I don't talk. But if you bring it to my front door and we win. And I had something to do with the win because I'm a part of the team. Best believe you're going to hear something about it. Angel took this upon herself to make sure she did it. Now, the only thing that I didn't like that Angel did was following Caitlin around. If you're going to gripe yeah. anything, that's the only yeah. thing that I did not like. But she had the ability. She has the capability of doing that. That's just like when we talk about in baseball, bat flips, right? And it's showing up. The pitcher, right? Well, if you don't want that to happen, don't let them hit a home run off the you. pitcher. Threw the, gave up the home run. It's a uh, yeah. we've been talking about. It's the right? rules of it's, engagement, man. It, it, it's yeah. it's just these old school rules that do not exist to this younger generation. And you guys need to wake up and smell the damn coffee. Now back to 
the racial overtones. Oh, yeah. By the way, those. Yeah. Yeah. So it was okay when Caitlyn did it throughout the whole tournament. The whole tournament. Throughout the whole year that she is doing this to teams that she was dominating and putting on this great performance. And people were out here celebrating her left and right. But the second Angel Reese does it, one time she did it. Even though she's got criticism for many other things, calling her ghetto, calling her, uh, basically saying, I literally read a comment that somebody said, Caitlin Clark will be a Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer in a WNBA, and Angel Reese will be flipping pizzas in five years. This is the comments that people were writing. Yeah, just, on I mean, you know, so the discourse, I, social, social media. Of course, media, of course. Like, but this is this is what I'm saying. People, some people just do it just to rile people. Oh yeah, sure. They right, hide behind their right? keyboards. But some people actually really either. believe that too. Sure. I just don't like when the narrative is switched in, and it's it is white against black in this situation, which is was made not by the players. It was made by people outside of this and also some media figures because I read some of what they've said and I took some pictures and kept some receipts for sure because I 100% have something to say later on. But to me, Sam, it's this is something that shouldn't have been blown out of proportion. It is just a part of the game. It is what it is. I can understand if if uh, uh, it was physicality that was involved, like something blatant like that. It was literally same thing that she did. She walked away. They both walked away. They're both fine. They showed respect to each other. At every opportunity they both had, they showed respect to each other. And that's it. It was left there on the court for those two and the teams, not yeah. for other people outside of it. It's almost like this is just brought up to to have to this water down that chip. Yeah. And, and to, to kind of knock someone's accomplish uh, a team's uh, yep. program's accomplishments mm -hmm. and to just have oh yeah well oh she's black and she's white so it's got to be a race thing and it's just look if she caitlin clark is already at what she's a junior a sophomore i don't even know she's already accomplished so much in this game and she certainly has the talent right mm -hmm. and let her, you know you you do it until you you can't back it up and yeah her team her she her team lost the championship game yep and you kind of you take your humble pie with it right i mean yeah the, the 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 walking around and following her sure but everything it's a, it's the rules of engagement garrett cole wants to you know bitch and complain about like you know whatever it is like uh, the celebrations and don't give up the home run but it's okay yep. to do like the tiger woods fist pump after you get a big strikeout and slam mm -hmm. your glove and showing up the other person like yep. you can do that and, and not garrett cole doesn't really do it that much i'm just he's you know gives up a lot of home runs he's a fly ball pitcher but just trying to think like this these unwritten rules man and and it's it's a little bit of that it's more of like what's just annoying about this is like the media you knew this story was gonna take this turn and happen this way i'm just glad both the girls have each other's back in this situation so it's about the bigger picture they understand it's about the bigger picture it's competition it's not again you have to live through this to know what it feels like i've been on both ends of this i've been on the end that i used to talk and then i learned i was like you know what I'm, i don't like this feeling of somebody coming back at me after i said what i said right and i don't just don't talk so now when i don't talk 
if somebody says something, the pleasure of shutting somebody up is so great. It feels so good because it's kind of like you give them their piece of humble pie. And that's what Caitlin got. And she took it in stride. And now they're both going to go on and do what they have to do. One has a ring. One doesn't. And, and but Caitlin had a phenomenal tournament that will never be forgotten. And they both did something together that elevated women's basketball. So yeah, and that's that, the bottom yeah. line to me. And I think too, not having certainly not having a um, you know, the one or twos in the, the final four on the men's side, kind of a lack of like big storylines that allowed you know the um women's tournament the the women's tournament to have a little bit of that shine Mm -hmm. and it's great you know you don't have to be cool and say like oh i knew who these players were before march but now people do and it's it's a great opportunity i mean you you we've seen it um we see it before hopefully we continue to see it and um it's crazy to me that people didn't know who Caitlin Clark was yeah. before before this tournament. Like people didn't even know who she was last year, which is crazy because she was doing her thing last year amongst other players that are are well known in college basketball. But I mean, you, if you don't watch, you don't know. That's is yeah. that simple. Um, before we go to our next topic, two things, uh, Miss Miss Jill Biden. Um, I respectfully am going to tell you your idea is dumb. Absolutely dumb. There is no reason that Iowa, the losing team, that this has never happened before, that the losing team comes to the White House as well. It should only be the winning team. That's number one. Number two, I want to walk that back. She clarified clarified it. I'm glad she did. I didn't hear that, so I'm glad you you told me that. Two, and more importantly to me, I want to give Jim Nance his flowers. Hell yeah, man. Uh, Jim Nance, that was his last game called. Uh, It's going to absolutely be weird uh, to not hear him calling uh, March Madness. He is the voice of March Madness. He retired uh, in general, just being a voice on CBS in in totality, a master's. Uh, mini sporting well, events, I mean, football. Uh, I mean, the football, prime, yeah. everything that he he did, he touched. Uh, That's. His... I, I think he's just taking a step back from college basketball, though. Is it college basketball? I thought he's yeah, yeah. Green. So he's still doing the Masters. Yeah, he's he, still part yes, of the NFL. I'm reading yeah. it right now. He's still doing NFL. And yeah, he's not doing which that. I was a little worried too when I heard that mm-hmm. because I, you know, he. I mean, we grew up listening to to Jim Nance yes. and and Phil Sims before Tony Romo, and you know that combination and. Um, certainly he's been the voice of the masters for a whole generation. And, and as you mentioned, obviously, um, the tournament and, and, uh, everything else on CBS, but yeah, totally, man. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let that you guy. continue. But. He's no, that's, that's really it. I mean, he's, he's, he's that dude. It's, it's just going to be weird not hearing it, but, uh, I mean, it's kind of like not hearing, uh, uh, Joe Buck, even though I can't stand him not calling the, the world series anymore. Yeah. Like it's it's just a staple that you know it's there and it changes and I mean we have to be open to change but it just sucks but I I'm super happy that we had the the pleasure the luxury of hearing such a talented voice uh, call these games and add to the excitement of the game so hello friends yep but, yep uh, yeah totally and and the the uh, the commentators were trying to give them 
his flowers and he as humble as he's always been right just not, not about me but yep. he has an incredible couple of uh, incredible week man he does both final four games he does the title game two days later and then he flies to augusta and mm-hmm. he, obviously the biggest golf event of the year one of the biggest sports weekends of the year is coming up uh with the masters and you know he's he's right there and it obviously takes a toll on him but um this that's you know that's what you you dream of if you're in that position and it's just it's cool uh that he's able to do that i'm i imagine like kevin harlan or ian eagle now probably kevin harlan will kind of take that lead role there which again another iconic voice give it to my boy i want to hear ian yeah ian's a man love uh, both of them are great i mean they're staples in our our lives right uh between football and uh on cbs and you know ian is the lead on the nets broadcast uh kevin harlan does all the you know a lot of the westwood one stuff and um you know certainly bounces around and, and does everything so um yeah it's just you know changing the guard things things happen it's just uh kudos to uh a, a great career uh you mentioned joe buck and baseball i do miss joe buck uh doing baseball games uh but but that's a change just like change just like baseball these. change so we went over the the impact of these new rule changes last uh last week headed into the season and you know we have a a couple games worth of data and um you know i'll, I'll read them off here hayes but uh what are your initial thoughts with um how the the first couple uh the first weekend if you will of of baseball went do you hear me do you hear me clearly when i say this yes baseball is fun to me again to watch that's great and that's why i hope that's what this was all about right um so this is from jeff passan who uh with dspn uh kind of compared some numbers uh between the first four game I'll, I'll do the first four games of last year to this year so there was one more game this year but it really shouldn't matter too much uh 31 minutes shorter the average baseball game so far this season it's two hours 38 minutes compared to about three hours and, and nine minutes offense is up because of the shift and you know v- various other reasons the bases are bigger stolen base attempts are through the roof i think last opening day alone there were only five stolen bases and then on thursday there was like 22. Mm-hmm. so i'm um, for for the season now there's been 84 attempts 70 uh stolen bases that's an 83 percent clip there and last year was 29 stolen bases out of only 43 attempts so that's about 67 percent. so you know almost double the amount of stolen base attempts we're seeing it just with our own Yankees uh, flying around. And um, certainly the, the Orioles on opening day had five stolen bases on their own. So um, that's that's part of the game there too. And the, the it just shows that this pitch timer is working. Not a lot of uh, violations happening. Certainly the younger guys in AAA are used to these rules already, but, you know, we'll adapt. Um, and, and the goal is someone who is used to be a huge baseball fan and, and now is just a casual fan like you is hopefully tuning into more baseball games. Yeah, it's it's uh it's big for me because a huge part of baseball for me is when I was playing it was stealing bases. Like I love watching people try to steal bases and that whole art of 
when to go, not when to go, get thrown out, slide safely, uh, seeing that up. I mean, Volpe had, what, three stolen bases or two stolen bases? Two stolen bases already. Two or three, yeah. Yeah, already in the, the first, first four games. Did you see the first his first game where he was on yeah, base? Yeah, they and, threw it over to him, and he was and he didn't in an area. He didn't even yeah. move. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I enjoy that very, very much so. Uh, the the length of the games, like, it's just it's it's more fast-paced. And that's, yes, it's a 31-minute difference, and some people probably like, well, What's that? Well, that's like a whole episode of a show. Like, you know, if you're sitting down consuming time, it allows I, I said this to you before off air, Sam. I'll say it again. I've said it probably on air. Uh, you literally with a three hour game can start the game, cook dinner, go out to the store, pick up something else, still come back after doing the drive and, and whatever shopping, come back and the game is still on. And it's like in the fifth inning. Right. So it's. Yeah. it's it's allowing the game to continue to go forward. Like all the other yeah. games are all the other major sports. You're not sitting here forever. I mean, I'm, I've become a very, my love and passion for, for football beating soccer here in America has increased so much more of just watching hats. Like it's, it's, it's a 90 minute game. It's a, it's a 90 minute game, sometime 96, whatever extra time or whatever. But at max, you're probably looking at an hour and a half and you're watching nonstop action, regardless of somebody scoring or not, but just back and forth. And it's over. And you're like, whoo, like you almost have to take a, a breath of fresh air. Like the game's over. Like with baseball, it's a slower game, but I want it to to be sped up. I don't want to be sitting there forever and waiting for somebody to mind games at the mound and all that. So I'm just happy, Sam, is is what I'm saying. I'm happy. Yeah, and yeah, these you know, rules or, or changes had a lot of criticism. It's obviously easy to um, criticize the baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred. He's said a lot of stupid things. has done <laughs> a lot of stupid things over his tenure. Um, but that's, I, I think they got these, this right. I, I, I'm a fan. I kind of in hindsight, wish the timer was a little longer just for, I don't know. I'm not a pitcher. I'm not a hitter. I was not very good. You can look up my little league stats. They weren't very good. <laughs> they weren't good. Don't think anybody's going to do that. But yeah, okay. well, I don't even know if that's public record. But if it is, I'll, I'm going to look later. Uh, that said, uh, I, I wish it was a little longer. And in the playoffs, that might, you know, that'll it'll be interesting. I don't know. If, uh, kind of sometimes the drama is in between those pitches and you know the batter getting ready the batter stepping out some of those things but at the end of the day it's just it's a better product now um and and babbitt is up in in baseball too that's batting average balls in play and and that number is is basically up just it used to be it was a tr three true outcome game right we talked about it last time home run walk strikeout that's it that's what these guys were were going to do and now, you know, we have 15 points in batting average up so far, 15 points in OBP, 18 points in uh, slugging percentage. So an overall almost 50 points um, in OPS, like, and a lot of the extra hits are singles too. Like you're getting rid of the shift and guys are getting on base and, you know, it's, it's not all about the home run. And uh, 
you know, it's just kind of changed the game a little bit. I'm I'm here for it. I like it. What what was the acronym again? Because it was god awful. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's all the sabermetric stuff. It's bad. Babip batting average balls in play. Ugh, yikes! Yeah. Bonus pod. I'll go through uh, analytics, baseball analytics with you. Boy, no, everyone, nobody tune into that. Um, I will tune into this though, Sam. Lay it on me. Um, Anthony Randone. He is the Angels' third baseman. Yes, sir. Serve a four-game suspension for his quote-unquote actions involving a fan. Uh, MLB issued a five-game suspension for Rando, uh, but then it was reduced by one game uh, following his appeal. Uh, he also, Rando, will also be fined an undisclosed amount uh, and will be giving uh, and will begin serving his suspension Monday versus Seattle. Uh, this, if you have not seen it, is absolutely legendary, and I would 100% if I was an Angels fan. Start a GoFundMe uh, to pay for this fine for him. Uh, as a fan in general, I kind of want to just start one because I understand why the MLB has suspended him and fined him because you can't just be out here grabbing up fans, the patrons that are. He yeah, he's lucky he didn't. It's sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. touch. Yeah, get the guy. Yeah, Correct. But go on. Yeah, but. I absolutely love the fact that he grabbed this person and confronted him because some of you fans out here are getting yeah. way out of line. And I'm so glad because you feel that you're untouchable. It goes back to that conversation before. You got these Twitter trolls or these, these internet trolls out here and you say everything you want to say because it's not in front of the person and it's behind closed doors and the person can't get to you. Unless they're a hacker and they can get your IP address and that's all of the situation. But Randone took this matter into his own hands. And and I know the MLB doesn't condone it. And I'm not condoning violence. Uh, but this wasn't violent to me. This was putting somebody in place and checking them and letting them know about themselves. And I know Randone has apologized. The fan has apologized. But damn, Sam, uh, everything about this to me, I love that he did that. Because yeah. some people just need to be told about themselves. We, uh, I mean, we have whole episodes. Remember, like a year and a half ago, all that you know. I think it was in in basketball. These fans oh, coming on the court. Yeah, yes. I mean, and and in baseball too. We were going off for like whole episode about it. Um, yeah, I, no, I agree with you. Obviously, you don't want this to happen. Um, Anthony Rendon's kind of seen like a grouchy person in general sometimes, but I don't necessarily. I mean, he he's lucky he didn't get the guy for his own for his own good but yeah yeah you can't talk to these guys like that i'm not starting or chipping into a gofundme i just looked it up he signed a 245 million dollar contract with the angels <laughs> like the same time that um garrett cole and strasburg signed those deals what was that like 2020 um so yeah i'm, I'm not doing that but he's got enough money. He can pay the $50,000 fine. It ends up going to charity anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, you even see like Otani's face. What you look back at the guy, like what, what's he doing? And and Phil Nevin, the, uh, the head coach of the manager of the, the angels was kind of like, it doesn't change my opinion on Anthony Rendon. It's why would it? Yeah. And, and just, you're an Oakland athletics fan. Like, what are you doing? I don't care what and that person. No, I know, but like it's just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, 
just just shut up. You paid you paid this money and you think that you it's, it's just this entitlement that people have. I paid all this money so I can do and say whatever I want to say to you because you're not going to do anything or it's just a money grab for me because if you react then I can turn around and sue you. Oh, yeah. That's it. Like it's just Buddy's got the camera rolling. There needs to be something like implemented to keep up with this day and age because I don't think that's fair to the athlete that they have to just endure certain things like all all the stuff that i hear that comes out of boston like the racial stuff that's said to the players that play on the pitch over across the pond the the racial shit that they have to deal yeah. with on on a day in day out basis fans coming on to the court in basketball are saying things uh, as these guys are playing like it's it's gotten out of hand because people it's people are just looking for the bag they're looking for you to react they they're going to keep pushing that button and hope you react so they can get some of your millions of dollars and it's just really disgusting to me people walking through tunnels dropping beers on people like i sam if that were me and somebody did that like it just really depends on like i don't i'm not gonna say depends on the day if you're doing that and straight out blatantly disrespecting me and dropping some drink on my head and just because you're upset about, I'm 100% getting up in the stands. You're going to have to grab all the security and my teammates to not get me because I'm putting you on your ass. I'll pay that fine. I'll get sued for that. Like, it's fine, especially if I'm making all that. But there's got to be something to protect these these players and 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 do something from there. Like, I, I know they've been doing bands and, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I'm sure that'll continue. And I hope that deters more people. But was this in Anaheim or or LA or or in Oakland? I don't, I don't even. I'm not quite sure to be honest. I was going to say Oakland A's can't really ban- uh, can't really. Uh, I think it was in Oakland. the business of banning any fans because I think it was Oakland. Fans. Yeah, they do. But uh, I'm going to just ignore you just saying you're going to go up into stands and hit people. I mean, you're I a nice guy. I do. <laughs> you're not going to do that. Uh, okay, you clearly don't know your friend. Uh, but all right no it, it, cool. it's all good um yeah that all that said it you know it's a shame that it happened it happened um you know it's it's more than just uh yeah he's a professional athlete They're, you kind of forget sometimes these people are people like they're humans and oh, Jones hurt all the time it's so and he's got enough it. struggles um and uh you know just hopefully uh you know this kind of mitigates I'll say this before we go into the next thing. It's so funny you say that because I literally was like looking at Judge and, and him talking and some of the interviews like leading up to uh, the the first games of the season and in hearing him talk about the offseason and whatnot. And and like you just see these guys and they're they're guys and gals and they're like in a different stratosphere. And it's like I almost forget like their age because then they said his age and I was like, shit, like I'm looking at him like, damn, like this dude is a shit. And I respect him so much. I'm like, he's he's young as shit compared to me. I mean, not oh, Aaron Judge, young, right? Yeah, he's like but 30, right? Yeah, but it's just like he's five years younger than me. And I'm looking at him like, and I think it's just where my mindset is of being a kid and watching sports. And you're always watching these guys that are like older than you. But then now we're in the day and age of we have some guys that we saw throughout their whole career. And then now we're watching the younger people. But it still feels like they're older in a sense like you you know what i'm saying like, oh totally it's, yeah. it's weird it's weird it's but, yeah. it's a it's like it's a weird thing i mean you mentioned it we've seen just whole generations of of people i mean tiger tiger woods was at the podium today and augusta basically saying i don't know how many more of these we have left yeah yeah i remember watching saturday and sunday of that 97 masters not even knowing what i'm watching because i was you know 10 years old or whatever but like we've seen we've seen the 
the rise and fall and then rise again. And now the struggles of Tiger Woods. And yeah. I mean, we, we were blessed to see some great athletes and, you know, the lifetime that we have and from Jeter to, you know, uh, you know, just comes to mind LeBron. Right. I mean, we're the same age as LeBron James, give or take a couple. Uh, he's like a year older than me, like half a year older than me. It's wild. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you forget their people and they have families and they have, lives and they have feelings and it's you know it's easier said to just be like ignore the noise and when they say i don't read the paper i ignore all that maybe they go out of their way to do it sometimes but maybe they do look at their twitter mentions and they kind of you know they're human about it just yeah but uh you can start anthony rendon's fun go fund me just let me know the link i'll tweet it out or whatever but (laughs) i got you i uh, some but happier news here. Wanted to put this in. Uh, White Sox closer Liam Hendricks, uh, b- basically put on social media the other day that he's starting his final round of chemo, uh, to treat non Hodgkin's lymphoma. Congrats! And he yeah. said in the video, See you guys soon on the south side, um, which is just great. Um, he's he's a character in the half. I don't know if you've ever seen him like YouTube him, guys and uh, girls. Uh, YouTube him in the All Star Game when he's mic'd up. He's he's a maniac. He's but he's like just fun for the game, and he's a really good closer. And the White Sox certainly need him right now. But uh, that said, you know he's got a much bigger battle than anybody that would get into that box. So uh, you know, just prayers up for him. And uh, that's we'll that's it. who he's that's who he's pitching against right now. So that's that's his battle. Yeah, no, totally. And they didn't put him on the sixty day IL. So. Basically means he can come back, you know, Whatever, yep. soon. So I know he's been pitching at the complex when he can, but just the I can't imagine. I can't even imagine. Unfortunately, we both had, you know, this awful disease impact our our lives and our families. Yeah. Um, but like to just to be able to to do that, um, just a hell of a story. And just you know, wishing our best to Liam Hendricks here um, as get well soon. Uh, there totally but uh moving over to the hardwood um i mean i one thing i wanted to kind of an easier segue into this is hopefully the the warriors get andrew wiggins back uh i know he's um he's been out for a while 48 days he's missed 22 games he's uh attending to a personal matter um I, you know i'm not going to speculate i you know he's away from the team and the you know Sounds like he's going to come back, and hopefully he's going to play. It ain't no speculation. It's is it's that well true? Reported. Okay, it's well reported. Yeah, uh, but I'll leave that to you yeah. guys to look that up on your own. Yeah, little little messy there, but yeah, super happy that he's going to be returning because the Warriors need him. Uh, they need they need that wing, that slashing wing, that, that defense from him, and it's crazy just to hear that Andrew Wiggins is needed. I was having the same thought, dude. It's just so crazy that winning a championship last year and how it changed it. Changed it. Wow. <laughs> and you're saying I had a rough day. Woo! Uh, how it changed uh, uh, his perspective in basketball or, or how people perceived him. He, he was shipped out of Cleveland when LeBron came back. Uh, LeBron didn't want him there. It was the infamous trade for him and Kevin Love. Uh, LeBron wanted Kevin Love. Andrew Wiggins was basically relegated to the the realm of no return uh, out in out in uh, Minnesota. 
to only come and turn his career around when he went to to the Warriors. It was essentially like his last stop. It almost felt like, yeah. uh, even though he was he still was revitalizing his career on the low, just being a good solid piece, and then was a key piece to that Warriors championship team. And now the fact that every media outlet that has talked about basketball is saying how much the Warriors need him back is so crazy. It's night and day. So shout out to him. It's it's just it's just proof that you can your time can come at any point. So I mean, we talked about a couple weeks ago with Geno Smith, right? I mean, just situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Warriors don't win that championship without Andrew Wiggins, and I know that's a shut down. Jason Tatum, yeah, yeah, and uh, he was fourth in points during the playoffs last year on his team. Second in rebounds, fourth in steals, first in blocks, fourth in threes. I've always kind of had a soft spot for Andrew Wiggins as you mentioned I mean he was on that Kansas team that flamed out uh had Joel Embiid on it too flamed out first number one overall pick wasn't a really strong draft in hindsight it was but at the time the speculation was it was and you know is Embiid going to be this kind of player and obviously he's that dude but you know he wasn't mentioned in that welcome letter that that LeBron had uh when he said he was coming back to Cleveland and that was kind of like, since then, I was like, oh, all right, I kind of feel for this dude. Got shipped out. Minnesota was an awful situation to play play in. He was not consistent. It kind of looked at times he didn't even want to be there on the court. And it just shows like a good structure, a good uh, atmosphere, environment. Steve Kerr is, you know, just runs a legendary uh, organization over there and a winning organization and you know he's a vital part of that team and i think you know from a warrior standpoint they obviously need him yeah uh, and you know there's not a lot of depth on this team you know hopefully gary payton uh junior gets uh you know continues to look better and better they're definitely going to need him but uh you know it's going to be a tall order for the warriors to get out of this west um but he certainly will help totally. Yes. Uh, yeah. And speaking of speaking of the West and, and flaming out to the Mavs on February 10th had a 96% chance to make the playoffs. As you put in the rundown here and you say, I like numbers. Look at that. <laughs> um, as of yesterday, Monday, they only have a 6% chance. Just, just nuts. They, they swing for the fences. They make this big trade to get Kyrie. Luca and Kyrie have combined for over 60 points six times since they got together. They're two and four in those games. It's not you know Kyrie's fault, people. It's not Kyrie's fault. It's uh this has been a problem with the Mavs for a little bit. Uh you have Luca. A Luca can't stay healthy. Uh you had Jalen Brunson who was cooking last year. You let him walk. Uh they're they're saying it's Jason Kidd. I think it's just a multitude of things uh at, at this point in time. But with that 6% chance, which is crazy, I mean, it's still a chance, they literally have to win all three games, three remaining games, and hope that the Thunder uh, lose, I think it's two. And if they do, then they they will get in um, to the play-in, from my understanding. Um, so that is just wild in itself. Again, the West is so close, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, I don't know what... If the Mavs don't make the playoffs, I don't know what the future looks like for Luka with Dallas. I don't 
know what the future looks like for Dallas with Kyrie. I know apparently I, I thought he signed an extension or they're trying to keep him from my understanding. But if they don't do anything, I see Kyrie going to the Lakers somehow, oh, some way. Yeah. You know, no matter what. Like it's just it's just kind of inevitable at that point. But they better shape up before these two ship out. Yeah, you mentioned Brun- Brunson. I know we we talked about that. They offered him a really cheap deal that he didn't take, and a lot of people said he should have taken. And then the Knicks, we you know, I thought the Knicks gave him way too much money. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that way now. I mean, they, I I love the guy, um, and I wasn't sure going into it, you know, into the experience. But here, but just if it feels good to have a all around point guard, and certainly he, you know, he helped carry that that team. And uh, yeah, Luca can't do it on his own, but he's got his own issues, as as you say there too. I think you know you could. I don't know if there's too much reported on it, but I know there was some speculation years ago. You could kind of see him trying to maneuver or setting up a way to, to get out of there. I don't really know what his contract status is. I'm sure, you know, he's, he's locked into that five-year deal that, um, that you get after your rookie deal. So I'm sure he's in the midst of that since he was drafted in like 2018 or so, but uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's hard to build a winning team i mean you look at it like uh you know all these gms and teams that have failed star players and you know you have a you know one of the best players in the league and uh you know it's just hard to build around them uh you could i mean look across the league dame you would talk about a lot uh you know all the way to uh certainly the experiment in in brooklyn uh you know you have a, a guy like jimmy butler it's just it's hard to win with um you know not having a team around you as much as the game can be like an ISO game sometimes. And you know, these star players really make the difference. It, you know, you, you kind of need help there too. The two of those guys scored 63 points, you still lost on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you speak of a star duo, you have AD and LeBron who have absolutely yeah. elevated uh, the Lakers. We I've been calling for AD to do this for a while. I think since the the inception of this podcast, uh, for him to step up and do what he had to do, and he has 100% done that. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing that there's a potential chance that he might not play uh, in some of the up-and-coming games. If AD sits out any of these games when they have a chance to to become the fifth seed, Yes, the Lakers have an opportunity to become the fifth seed. They're uh, half game out right now, which is wild. If they if they don't do the right thing here, uh, if he doesn't do the right thing here and play, like I would, I would one hundred percent. If I'm the Lakers, be like, you know, we're trading AD to to not to essentially give up. Like I don't care. You got to be like hurt, no Achilles, no no. Is he hurt or is just like rest kind of thing? It might be rest. But there's no time to rest to get to where you need to get to, and it's not just to settle for that point in time. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to play that down right now, because the way that he's absolutely been playing, he's been the hottest player. Uh, him and Devin Booker have been the hottest two players in the league right now. They are absolutely tearing yeah. it up. Uh, the the pieces that the Lakers got uh, during at the trade deadline have been extremely impactful they they have depth now um this has been this has been a, a a surprise and i told you when that happened i 
was very, very thrilled with what the Lakers did. Uh, they can absolutely be a scary team with AD playing the way he's playing and LeBron still out here averaging. I think he's averaging like 33 points. Um, <laughs> if you don't think that's not going to be crazy or, or amped up once it gets to uh, the playoffs, you're out of your mind. So, so good luck. But the Lakers, the Lakers are scary if they get in or wherever they land. They are going to absolutely be scary. Yeah, yeah. it's never. I mean, we love ad when he's on the court and we know what he's capable of doing uh it's unfortunately it, it just comes in spurts because he's always you know rocking a suit on the bench so uh you know they, they definitely need him lebron is still i mean he didn't he just put up a triple double the other day i mean like 38 years old he's still lebron he's still is lebron there. lebron's lebron but he's you know he's not 10 years ago lebron so it's okay his, but, his shooting yeah, got better he he's seen every single defense he yeah. knows how to break it down just think of and I, i'm not comparing them to but i mean the cerebral attack that they both have tom brady and him oh that's so oh. long they've seen every single coverage know how to dissect it know how to play against it so it, it's damn near impossible to stop him because he knows how to beat whatever you're going to throw at him yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about um, just experience and knowledge, right? And, and just bit going through it. I mean, some of these pieces on the the Lakers now are you know going to be put are already in in big spots because these are huge games. And uh, as we mentioned before, they're uh, they're half a game out of Golden State and LA, the Clippers for the uh, fifth or sixth seed. Uh, they're 40 and 38 right now. And and we were mentioning Dallas before they are 37 and 42. So they're about a game behind OKC right now. Um, so, I mean, and Utah's has, you know, is right there too with them. So uh, a little bit tighter in the, um, in the West there. And again, we've been saying it all year, aside from like the first, three or four seeds you wake up and and everything's different and they're so close together and it's it's just a you know it's a fist fight every day and uh just big spot i hope ad is just i hope it's just kind of like bs reporting there i hope he's fine and can play but uh be interesting to see uh, you know we thought it would be a, a tall order to get these lakers to even into the playing games let alone to avoid the playing game so you know, certainly could happen. I will not count those guys out for sure. As you shouldn't. Let's let's get since we're already talking about this. Uh, my Nets are are in a battle right now with the Heat to secure the last spot in the Eastern Conference. And this is talking about actually already be seated. Uh, every every other seed is there. It's just the last seed, the sixth seed, uh, and they're fighting their two games ahead of the heat right now. So they have a chance of doing exactly this. I pray they pull this off so I can bring up a receipt of what Mr. Harrison has said on this podcast of what my heat would, I mean, my nets wouldn't do. So uh, I, I just pray they continue to do it. And uh, what I said for other people, but if we go to the standings currently right now, uh, you have the bucks, one Boston, two uh, Sixers, three uh, Cavs, four, Knicks five and then Brooklyn currently right now at six. Uh, Miami's two games behind, but the play in race 
Uh, you have Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, and Chicago uh, on the bubble, which I'm really worried about. Any of those teams uh, is uh, the Wizards, the Magic, and the Pacers. Uh, they they could slip in, but I yeah, I think they're running out of time there. It's pretty much set at that point at this point in time. Uh, for the West, Nuggets, Memphis, Sacramento, Suns, Clippers. Warriors right now, which is so crazy with that, and Wiggins can 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 hold that, but they're in the fight for their life because they can't they can't let up at all. Because if they slip up, you got the Lakers, you got the Pelicans, you got Memphis, excuse me, you got Minnesota, and you have OKC right there. Uh, and even with that being said, you still have Dallas and Utah. So basically, the last six. <laughs> have an opportunity of moving in the last few days. So it's very, very interesting on what is going to happen there. Sam, with that being said, we kind of have who's at the top. We kind of have our playoff picture already there. There's a couple pieces that we don't know, especially when it comes to the West of who's going to be where. Uh, but who do you have winning the conferences and representing the conferences in the finals at this point? Obviously, with not knowing, yeah, of course, what the picture looks like. I I would say, like based on right now and what we know, I'm I'll start in the West here because you mentioned Devin Booker before since the All Star break, almost thirty one points a game. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's basically thirty five and five, yeah. and he's yeah. the second option on that team behind a Hall of Famer that's you know still in his prime. So I, I'm going to go the Suns in the West. I you know, I know they don't have, they haven't had a lot of play together, but these are, they know each other as you've brought up before. Chris Paul is, you know, a point guard. He is the point guard. Um, and, and just that, you know, they're, they're certainly their bench took a little bit of a hit with obviously everything going back to Brooklyn for KD, but you got KD and uh, a healthy KD, a hungry KD. Um, so I'm going to, pick the suns there but um and on the east i've been going back and forth milwaukee and boston i i don't love this 76ers just not it i just don't i i like Embiid. i like how he's turned around his career over you know since it started right he couldn't stay healthy uh in college and and had some off years at the beginning of his career and now he's should be a perennial all-star or uh MVP candidate, but you know, there's other guys keep winning it there. But um, you know, I I want as much as a New Yorker as I am, I really like Tatum and Brown. And, you know, I could see them finishing business this year, at least in the East and, and getting there. But man, going up against Giannis alone is just a buzzsaw. And I, I'm really I I put the the Celts here just to be different, but I really like this Milwaukee team and I, you know, push comes a shove. I'll probably, if I had to put money on, I'd probably pick Milwaukee. I'm not betting against Giannis. So that's yeah. number one. Um, he is the best player in the NBA. Uh, I, Kevin Durant is, is, is probably the most talented scoring wise, but Giannis is the He's, best yeah. player. Impactful in, player. Hands down. Yeah. Um, and the Suns. It's is easy, but for me, for with the Sun, I mean, they have KD as I just mentioned, and Devin Booker. Chris Paul's is, is older, but he's still the floor general uh, that he once was. He may not be as agile, but 
Suns have that. I, I, the only thing yeah. that scares me about the Suns is uh, not playing together as much and losing all the pieces like uh, Cam Johnson and then Bridges all, and Mikel yeah. Bridges, right? And 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 Crowder as well too. So that could play a part in such a deep West. So we'll we'll see how that uh, that works out there. Um, but Sam, you you put something on here that I didn't. I I saw the CBA. I saw they signed the CBA. I didn't dive deep into it. I knew eventually I would, or we'd probably talk about it on here. Uh, but the one thing that stood out to me the most, and you can run down all the highlights of it real quick, but uh, I, I saw this on April Fool's and I laughed because I was like, okay, everything that happens on April Fool's Day does not exist to me. Right. Here, I don't pay attention to anything on there. I'm just like, whatever, y'all are BS. And so, of course, throughout that day, I'm, Sure, I miss a lot of good stuff, and I think it should just be a corporate thing across the board to not put anything out legit on April 1st because just people just ain't going to believe it. So when I saw that the NBA will no longer penalize players for using marijuana and they removed it from the drug test, that's exactly what I saw on April Fool's, and I was like, ha, okay, you're joking, ha, ha, funny, uh, let me move on about my day. And then seeing you put this on here uh, validated it, so that is actually true. Uh, what I also saw in here, which I didn't know about, is one of the things that I've been calling for for quite some time, which is an in-season tournament, is coming. And I'm so, so happy about that, Sam. You know how happy I am about that, Sam? You look pretty happy. I'm super you happy. You sound pretty happy. I don't quite understand it. I mean, I'm like, sure. I get, like, get it certainly out. the winner is going to get $500,000. The winning team is going to get $500,000 a a player that's cool people like money i just don't understand how it will work and what the payoff is aside from monetary value for the 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 league certainly more um you know why well, revenue i feel like this is going to take the place of the all-star game it might unless they move the all-star game to after the season like when the season's over, kind of, you know, NFL type thing. But I think this would be more entertaining than the All-Star game. Because uh, essentially right now, it's just a glorified pickup game that they may or may not play in. And if this is more incentive here, money-wise, but I also want to see if this has any incentive towards the actual season yeah. or it's just a separate uh, goal on its own. So I guess they'll elaborate more on that, but that is really, really uh, uh cool to me uh on that one you want me to go through the rest of the cliff notes yeah or... yeah you totally uh, can it's just i know that's something adam silver has been wanting for a while is, is this too. tournament and he's talked about it a lot i just don't i just don't get obviously you just said it there needs to be more details and certainly if there's if there's um some some you know things attached to you know having some skin in the game if you will yeah but, well, um, luckily for us we have all the way until October of this year to figure out what the hell it's going to be. And I'm sure we'll find out every detail about that. Well, as, as and it. real quick, before you run it down, it, you know, there's labor peace, right? We don't have to worry about a lockout and they got this done ahead of time. They're not playing it to the buzzer. They've exchanged hundreds of proposals allegedly. So like just kudos to the, the PA and, and to the, the league for getting this done. So, you know, there's there's basketball. Well, yeah, go ahead. I want to interrupt it. 
Uh, NBA players will be allowed to invest in the NBA and WNBA teams via uh, the MBPA, uh, select private equity firm. Uh, players are now allowed to promote or invest in betting and cannabis companies. Uh, they will they will be allowed to sign non-gambling endorsement deals uh, with sports betting companies. So that's pretty cool. Um, just to be clear, that does not mean they can bet on the games. <laughs> they still can't do that. Uh, they players must play, which I love this part too, because this has been emphasized over the past few years. 65 games to be eligible for major individual league awards, such as the MVP and all NBA recognition. Love that because if these guys want these accolades, which some act as if they don't, they do, you have to actually play the games. So, love, 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 love that. Um, and then players attending the NBA Combine will be required to undergo physical exam exams uh, that will be distributed to select teams uh, based on players' projections. So I think that's pretty cool, too, to get the evaluation of the players, see kind of what's going on physically, uh, because you yeah. really don't know what you're going to get. A lot of times agents hide that stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I think that transparency needs to be across the board. I understand this is a young man's life, but... This is also a business, so I, I it, it comes with that territory. So, yeah. and all the NBA, the all NBA teams and stuff, a lot of that stuff is tied to contracts. Like you yes. get the yes, the incentives, super max and yep. stuff. Mm -hmm. If you make one of the three NBA teams, all NBA teams, so like to have that qualifier be in there, sixty five games. I mean, there's what eighty two games. That's you know three three quarters of of the the season there. So yeah, so that means when they come to your town once a year your city once a year, you might actually see these guys now instead of, uh, you know, sitting down during this rest. And I get it. There's they're still a topic of conversation that may they need to shorten the season. I understand that, but it's your season's already kind of short compared to, I mean, outside of football. I mean, baseball is <laughs> long as hell. Hockey's pretty much the same time as you guys. So, I mean, I get it. I get it. But I feel like if they could do a better job of, and I know they have, Mm -hmm. but eliminating the back-to-backs or like trying to mitigate those situations because that's that's most of the time that's when these guys are are sitting out the second game of a back-to-back -back. and yeah it's a bummer like I have kids and hopefully one day they'll be into sports and if I took them and they they really wanted to see LeBron obviously they will not see LeBron too much longer but if they really wanted to and he's not there you know, why did I just pay a fortune to, you know, so th that is a bummer. Um, and that's one thing with the, with the MLB that I really like, they kind of got rid of that whole interleague play thing. And every team is playing every team, at least for a couple games. And uh, they're playing less divisional games. So from 19, it's down to like 12 or 13. So we don't have to see them play like the same AL East teams for as a Yankee fan. So it gives more time for other things. And I think if the NBA could add maybe a instead of playing the opposite conference twice, that maybe they play three times, just give a little more opportunity. Um, they certainly won't want to get rid of games because of the the ad revenue. But if they could space it out a little bit, it certainly would help. It will. Um, you want to help us with what how you think this NFL uh draft is gonna play out? Because you yep. have a mock that you have here, even though I don't necessarily really like the pick that you have for my team but go ahead i thought you would i we didn't uh, talk about it i sent it to you you didn't respond about <laughs> that 
Go so ahead. I thought you were saving it for me. Look, every hack in sports has a mock draft around this time of year. Pretty much, yeah. And they know nothing about Correct. the situation, only what like McShay, Kuiper, Matt Miller, Daniel Jeremiah tell them. So I figured, why not? I, I have a sports podcast with my good friend Brandon here. Like, why not be one of those sports hacks? And you know I love the NFL draft. So I put together initially put on our Instagram the you know my 10 top 10 picks, right? Uh you wanted me to go to 13 so we could talk about the the Jets there. Uh Philly has New Orleans pick at number 10 you're alluding to there. So I put it together. You can check out 1 through 10 on on Instagram. Hopefully I'll do another one. I sent it to our buddy Dave who is the biggest draft nerd I I know and uh he said it wasn't bad. He's going to come on in a couple of weeks, so we'll we'll talk the draft. But yeah, I uh, I just kind of you want me to run through it, or just you want to pick out. I mean, you I... can just you go pick out the 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 key things that you have here that you yeah. think are the big standouts. Yeah, I I put Carolina at obviously at one. Now they traded with with the Bears, taking C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. He okay. certainly had a good combine. I would probably take Bryce Young, but. It sounds like Stroud's their guy, and you don't make a swing like this unless, you know, you're confident in your dude. And and you know, I I trust Frank Reich with what he wants to do there. I would take Bryce Young. It you know looks like he could go to Houston. Other things I I kind of have pointed out here. A lot of people are saying the Colts are going to take Anthony Richardson. I just don't yeah, see that. Yeah. Anthony Richardson being like a Chris Ballard. Colts football player like there's too much volatility there I really like him I mean he had a combine for the ages and the measurables are off the charts as we've we've talked about but you know there it's still he's still pretty raw of a of a prospect uh so naturally I took you know where do raw prospects go but the Raiders so that was my thinking there but uh your pick here with Philadelphia via New Orleans I I put uh Joey Porter Jr., uh, defensive back from Penn State. And I've seen him go there or in that area. Um, you kind of alluded to help in the defensive back area over the year. And uh, certainly you guys lost um, Gardner Johnson to Detroit and uh, were able to sign Bradbury and, and Slay. But I just thought having another body like uh, Joey Porter would be a, a benefit. But you don't like it. Tell me why. Uh, I'm looking at Syracuse corner. Iowa's defensive end. Uh, Jalen Carter may fall. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dijon Robinson could be there. Uh, I'm just going to call him Dijon because uh, I like to just because he's just going to spread all over the field. I love it. It's a mustard. Uh, but those are those are the type of picks that I, I'm thinking. I, I feel that Joey Porter is going to go. Later, um, I wouldn't be upset if the Eagles got him at thirty. Uh, but at ten, I, there's way other people on on my board that I would probably take ahead so of him. Like defensive back wise, you think yeah, defensive you back would, wise, I wouldn't want him thinking, like Witherspoon or someone. Yes, that's yeah. exactly who I'd want for sure. Uh, okay. That's who I would want. But I mean, obviously, it's not up to you or myself uh, going from there. Uh, I, I do have a question for you. For you. I, I wanted you to do up to thirteen because thirteen is the Jets' pick, but it could not be the Jets' pick depending on <laughs> whatever the hell goes on with with Rogers. So I, I guess my only question for you is: 
do you think that the Jets are will still have this pick? Or do you think that they're going to be drafting this pick for the Packers? I I've been saying the whole time I think the leverage is with the Jets. Um, even though they have a lot to lose if this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But Rogers publicly saying he wants to his intentions are to play in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if this will get done before the draft. I think if Joe Douglas had his way, it would be after the draft and it would not include this year's compensation at all or a first anyway. Um, I wouldn't mind giving up the first. I just don't think we we need to just based on the, the contract and the fact that, you know, there's there needs to be something in there. And I'm sure there will be if, you know, if he decides to just hang it up next year, what does that look like? There's certainly a, you know, kind of a stalemate going on. At the end of the day, I wouldn't mind getting, you know, if we had to trade the pick. And we just traded our third round pick and Elijah Moore for Cleveland's second round pick. So we have back to back seconds, like 40 and 41 or somewhere around there. But um, yeah, I, ideally, I wouldn't want to give it away. But if I just want to win, man, um, Get it? you know, uh, I have them taking an offensive tackle in that spot. I, you know, I still kind of believe in Makai Becton, even though he hasn't finished a game in two years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, apparently he's in quote, the best shape of his life. And his weight has been a problem for him throughout, even in college. But, you know, there's no uh, question about the talent that he has when he's healthy and on the field. Um, and I think he could be a huge asset to this team. Uh, but our offensive line is, is a lot of different pieces. Some, you know, some guys are getting older. Um, we'll have Vera Tucker back, but I, I'd really like probably a, a tackle or a guard there. Um, okay. Ideally. So. Okay. Well, I guess but check we'll, it out online. We'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. Check out Sans Mock uh, on our page. Uh, but I'm sure I will probably put my dip my toes in this a little bit too. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I'll leave it to Sam. Uh, (laughs) Let me get to boxing here. Okay. I don't talk about boxing on here enough. And there's two fights that are really coming up. One was announced today, which is the fight that any boxing fan has really, truly been waiting for. And that is Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. We finally, finally, finally have the official date for this it is official as of june 17th is going to be in vegas that these two are fighting and i cannot tell you i've already it's so crazy i shout out to my buddy miles and my brother miles i literally told him and texted him i said i told my lady i don't care what she has planned for that day i'm not doing it i don't care what anybody has planned for me that day i'm not doing it all I care about that day is this fight. Same okay. goes for April 22nd for Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia, because that is another super fight that I've been waiting for. These are the fights that I've absolutely been waiting for to see and what boxing really, really needs. I don't think it's going to revitalize it because I think UFC has too much of a stronghold on, on combat sports. Uh, but this is these are the fights that absolutely need to be seen if you're an old school boxing fan grew up watching it when your parents may have had the black box or actually bought the pay-per-views uh and you want to get back to that feel that is it speaking of combat sports 
WWE was sold to Endeavor Group, who has been buying up so many uh, combat sports. I think they own UFC or a part of that, right, too? Yep. Uh, for over $9 billion, something that my father introduced me to and that our generation, Sam, grew into something so big. And now seeing that it just sold for $9 billion, it's astronomical. When I saw that, I immediately texted uh, our buddy Farkas uh, and my buddy Jason, that who are diehard wrestling fans, this. And it's just nuts to see that even all that Vince has done and been through up and down personally, and then what the company has done in so many years, that this is sold for that much. I, I, I mean... Yeah, I think drop I saw that. I think the Endeavor group now is like valued at like over 20 billion now too. Wild. Between yeah, which uh I don't I don't know too much about wrestling now. Certainly a lot of my friends uh watched it. I never really got into it growing mm. up, but um a lot of my fraternity brothers watched it in college and I was into it for a couple of years. I I certainly am familiar with the world but not that mm-hmm. world but not too much but i'd have to imagine like vince is out right like it's so oh no he's know, been he's, gonna, he's yeah he this was yeah. basically his way this is his for a guy that literally had all has these lawsuits going on right now this was a a heaven sent for him like just to get this sale off i mean i i, I knew there was a group that was out in um the middle east that was looking to to purchase uh wwe and now here we are being sold so i mean he was he's a he's always been a businessman um through and through and he was able to still get this off i do give a lot of credit to uh uh stephanie mcmahon and, and triple h uh hunter Hearst helmsley over there uh for doing this so yeah that that was huge so kudos to them kudos to them yeah uh your boy dana white gonna be involved in wwe at all he can kick rocks. I don't really care what he does. He can be involved in this fist to his face. Um, that's you that's would say that I, to Dana White. I, you know, I absolutely would because I don't care. Right, Sam, you really have me pegged as this really saint of a person. I'm gonna tell the people. No, I'm just saying. I think you're just exaggerating a little bit. You would not say that to Dana White's face. He's big. I don't give a shit how big he's he gonna is. knock you out. Okay, so Sam, I'm gonna knock you out, and then I'm gonna knock him out. Why are you gonna knock me out? I'm not in a violent person. Then your friend. You know what? I'm done with you. Masters this weekend. You asked me who I got. I don't have anybody because I don't care. Who do you have? <laughs> that was my do you? I thought this was do you care, and then I saw that you put boxing. Uh, I don't know. Rory, Scheffler, those guys are good. The live guys are coming back from the dead to to be in this. So that's interesting but it's still a thing um yeah apparently uh i don't know i'm just gonna say uh scotty shuffler why not back to back yeah i i i have no uh nothing here so i but got rory I'll, I'll grand go slam with like if, if brooks is in it i'll go with brooks kepka i'll go with him yeah he should be that's I'll, I'll rock with him yeah i got got nothing else in this podcast sam before i have to knock you out that's it man episode 93 in the books thank you so much for listening for Brandon, my name is Sam. Thank you so much for listening. Dana, if you're listening, don't come after me. That's it. See you next week. Get you a friend that believes that you can knock out Dana White. And if they don't believe you, 
knock them out. Bye.